Behind the Christmas Hits with Drew Savage. One of the most famous Christmas songs of all wasn't even written about the season and comes with an ugly history. Hi, I'm Drew Savage. Thanks for joining me as we go behind the original Christmas hits, Jingle Bells. What was the very first Christmas song you remember learning as a kid? Chances are, it was Jingle Bells. And why not? The melody is catchy, the words are easy to learn and repetitive. It's even credited for being the first song ever recorded in 1889. That predates vinyl. So Jingle Bells was first recorded on an Edison cylinder. They were literally cylindrical objects, hollow on the inside, with audio recordings on the outside. They'd spin round and the sound would project from a speaker that looked more like a horn. It's so universally known that Jingle Bells was the first song performed in space. On December 16, 1965, when astronauts Tom Stafford and Wally Shearer played it aboard Gemini 6. Their harmonicas are on display at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. But despite all of these Christmas hit firsts, the song wasn't written about Christmas. There's no Jesus, no Santa, no presents or mistletoe. Winter? Yeah. Christmas? Not really. It wasn't even considered a Christmas song until years later. But it was first written sometime in the 1850s by James Pierpont. And at first, it wasn't even called Jingle Bells. Its original title, The One Horse Open Sleigh. Now, where exactly Pierpont wrote it has long been disputed. There's literally a plaque in Medford, Massachusetts, about 11 kilometers northwest of Boston, proclaiming that Jingle Bells was written there in 1850 in the Simpson Tavern in the presence of a Mrs. Otis Waterman and that it tells the tales of sleigh races held on Salem Street in the early 1800s. But the plaque acknowledges that by the time the song was copyrighted, Pierpont had moved to Georgia. The city of Savannah, Georgia, has its own plaque. Historians there say that while the memories of the Salem Street sleigh races may have inspired the lyrics, Pierpont wrote the song in Georgia, where he was the organist and music director at the church where his brother was the pastor. The story in Savannah is that the One Horse Open Sleigh was written and performed for a Thanksgiving Sunday school event. Although it does seem odd that a song with gambling references in its original lyrics would be written for kids to sing in church, but that was the story. Enter Kina Hamill. Kina volunteered as a researcher at the Medford Historical Society and Museum, and years ago decided to try to get to the bottom of the mystery of the true origins of Jingle Bells. And here's where the story gets hard. Because what Ms. Hamill found for her peer-reviewed article published by the Cambridge University Press in 2017 does not paint a flattering picture of Mr. Pierpont. His father, Reverend John Pierpont, was a well-known abolitionist. His son James, the songwriter, was not. He shunned his father and eventually enlisted in the Confederate Army. After his first wife died, James largely abandoned his children and moved away. Hamill's research also found records of James being in California in 1850, trying to capitalize on the gold rush. Hamill's research also found records of James being in California in 1850, trying to capitalize on the gold rush, casting serious doubt on the validity of the location stated on the plaque that is still on display in downtown Medford. To make the song's history even worse, it was first performed in blackface in minstrel shows. A playbill was found for John Ordway's Ordway Hall on Washington Street in Boston from September 15, 1857. So while the one-horse open sleigh likely wasn't written in Medford, Mass., it also wasn't likely first performed in Georgia for a Sunday school service at Thanksgiving. 
Instead, it was performed regularly around Boston at these minstrel shows beginning in September of 1857. So where exactly did Pierpont live when he wrote the song? Hamill theorizes that it was likely in a rooming house in downtown Boston that summer. As she writes in her article, Slay songs were having, quote, a bit of a moment in minstrel shows. Songs like The Merry Slay Ride and Buckley's Slaying Song. So Hamill proposes that an out-of-work musician who floated from job to job likely capitalized on that and borrowed heavily from these other songs to create his in order to make a few bucks. Two years after it was written, Pierpont recopyrighted the song and officially changed the title to Jingle Bells. Likely because, as it was performed more and more, that's the line that stuck out and became how people would refer to the song. But word traveled a lot slower then, so it took a long time for Jingle Bells to grow in popularity. In 1864, under its new name, the song had made its way into some Christmas shows and area churches, and an article was published in the Salem Evening News about its local hit. And that's when business really picked up. By 1870, the sheet music for Jingle Bells was a top seller. In the 1880s, it was a favorite song for carolers to sing as they went from house to house. And as mentioned earlier, it became the first Christmas song ever recorded in 1889. It's unclear how much money the Pierpont family actually made from the song. A number of copyright claims were made over the years as the lyrics were tweaked and updated by others. When James Pierpont died in 1893 in Winter Haven, Florida, at the age of 71, he was broke. Jingle Bells would live on. It hit new levels of popularity in the 1930s when big band leaders like Benny Goodman recorded instrumental versions of the song. Glenn Miller's 1941 version was the first hit recording of the century to include the lyrics. Bing Crosby and the Andrews Sisters made it a top 20 hit in 1943, and the song has never faded since. And with that familiarity comes the parody. Has any song ever been parodied more than Jingle Bells? Looking at you, Bart Simpson, looking at you. Thanks for listening. For more stories behind the Christmas hits, subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you again next time with more.